It's Tuesday, February 26, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. So I'm privileged to be joined by Josh Caldwell, our international director here at Lifeline, as well as Jana Lombardo, who is our Eurasia director, and Carla Thrasher, who is our Asia director. And we just wanted to take some time to talk specifically about intercountry adoption, uh, the reality of intercountry adoption. And we know that even in the last several years, there's been a lot of talk about the decline in intercountry adoption. But the truth is there's still a huge need for missional Christian families specifically who want to get engaged, who feel a call by the Lord to get engaged and to care for a child through intercountry adoption. So just starting off, Josh, talk a little bit more about this reality and this call towards intercountry adoption. Yeah, thank you, Herbie. The reality that there are children in need in each country that we currently work in and in countries around the world is still great. The need of of families, permanency and families for children is a great need. There are still children in orphanages, they're languishing in orphanages, there are children that are in foster care situations and children on the street and many of the countries we work in. And we see that reality um, played out every day because there is there has been an overall decline in intercountry adoption. There have been less families willing to adopt and we still know there is great need in these countries. And we, we've been on the ground in these countries um, where we have actually seen the children we talk to the officials and we talk to our representatives and see um, see that that's not only a reality in that um, that that we need to see that but there's a call there's a calling on our life as missional Christian families and that calling on our life as missional Christian families we see through James 127 and Isaiah 117 that we are to respond and care for widows and orphans and their affliction and I think that care for is really important because it is a deep caring and one way to live out that care for is through international adoption. So um, in, in that idea that there is a reality of the need, there's also a reality of the need of more families. And we are seeing that calling come out to, to missional Christian families. We want to see them respond in that way as well. And I think we've been so encouraged over the past probably two to three years as there's been a shift in what a waiting child looks like from very young with maybe more minor medical needs we now see the reality is these are older kids with moderate to even more significant medical needs and to see families be able to make that shift successfully and see lifeline be able to come alongside and make sure those families are going to be as successful as possible that's been so encouraging to watch that's awesome. And one of the things I think, Herbie, that's important is this idea of the call. A lot of times families feel a calling to care, and they're not sure what that calling looks like on their lives. And what is happening, we see the Lord has prepared many families way before this call actually comes on their life. They've prepared them through their education, through their experiences, or through their families, or through things that have happened in their life where they may actually be prepared to care for a child that is in need and maybe it's a medical condition maybe it's a child with a special need or an older child or they may be empty nesters and finding out that this is an this is a place where they can pour into the life of a child and it's really important I think the next step in that is the response um, is our responsibility as believers to respond and we are encouraging today that um, we would love for you to whoever's listening to this podcast today to to consider responding. 
And as the um, shift has taken place from younger children to older children, Lifeline has risen to that challenge as far as education and preparation and seeking out, you know, empty nester families and being a niche um, in preparing those families for older children, mul you know, multiple children and sibling groups, uh, and even preparing families for adoption out of birth order. Mm -hmm. Some of these kids wouldn't get a chance unless they were adopted mm -hmm. out of birth order. And so there is a uniqueness that, that Lifeline can bring to the table and helping families get ready and get prepared for those unique challenges that, that would fit out of birth order, older children, sibling groups, um, because there are many, many children still waiting for forever families and the challenges to get them in homes before they age out of the system. Yeah, and one of the things that even to tackle this, uh, training families and creating community because community is so important too, as you're going through an intercountry adoption has been this Rooted in Love conference uh, that we have and, and we've created. So would the three of y'all just talk a little bit about what sets Rooted in Love apart? What is Rooted in Love? And why is this not just a requirement for families, but really a unique opportunity yeah. for families? So I'll start just by kind of giving an overview of what Rooted in Love is, that we as an agency and ministry to care for families realize that in the uniqueness of situations around the world that we needed to go deeper and we wanted to go deeper in our education. We wanted to get face-to-face -face with families. We wanted to to be able to, for families to see see us being able to pour into them, but also the community of, of seeing families come together. So Rooted in Love is a two-day uh, day and a half, Friday afternoon, half a day, plus all Saturday of coming together with all adoptive families at Lifeline coming together. Um, and we're offering this four times a year. They can choose one of those opportunities and they get a, a deep community. They get deeply educated, but we're also worshiping the Lord. We're praying together. We're, um, we're listening to the word of God. We're encouraging interaction between husband and wife. Um, and community building between programs. And it's really an opportunity of a, um, a biblically-based education uh, adoption weekend. And uh, we've even had families tell us this is what's like a marriage retreat for them. It was like a time for them to look introspectively and do that. But Carla and Jana, I know there's some, some more detail that goes into that when you're talking about the thinking about families that do come to us that have some fears about how to handle behaviors or how to handle things with their children post-adoption or how to prepare themselves. So will you guys talk about just for a minute about the, the different breakout sessions and the different main sessions that we have at Rooted in Love? Yeah, I um, think that that's one of the things that, that makes Rooted in Love uh, stand out as a, as a conference. Families leave this conference with practical tools and practical things that they can use with their children, uh, their biological children, their adopted children, their, their children from trauma, children from hard, hard places, and uh, the practical ways that we can give him, them to respond to behaviors, um, how to practically put that into place, not necessarily just the theory behind it, but, but the practicality of do this or do that in this situation, but be consistent, um, and really just allowing them to see you know, the word trauma is a loaded word, but, but really kids come from trauma and why these different parenting 
uh, techniques are our best. And I believe the different sessions, like responding to behaviors, is uh, very beneficial on that practical level for families. And in Rooted in Love, we're tackling all the issues. We're tackling the transcultural issue of, of families bringing in children of another race or another culture. We're talking about sensory issues. As Jana said, we're talking about the behavior challenges that we know are coming post-adoption. And all those things are so important. We're, we're talking about your marriage relationship and how it's so important that you go into an international adoption process in the healthiest place possible marriage-wise. We talk about self-care and making sure you personally are in a great place knowing that you are going to be pouring into a child that's going to need every ounce of what you have. But I think one thing that has just really struck me with Rooted in Love, and Herbie and I stood in the back of the room during the last conference and, and chatted about this a bit, but just to see everybody worshiping the Lord together and to know that ultimately He's the one that's going to provide all the things you need. He's going to use the tools that we are giving you. He's going to use us and the relationship we're developing over those two days, being able to be face-to-face. -face. But ultimately, if we can lead you to the Lord and encourage you to turn to Him in those moments of need, I think that's one of the, one of the best things we can do for families. So, Josh, talk a little bit more just to as as families are listening to this podcast and and maybe even alumni families who want to encourage others towards intercountry adoption or those that may have never worked with Lifeline before, what are some of the other just distinctives of working with our ministry in the process of an intercountry adoption? Yeah, that's great, Herbie. That's one of the things that we love to tell, talk to families about, that this process of adoption is, is long, um, it is challenging, and you will face difficulty through that process, but the need is great. Obviously, we've talked about that and, and how we need more families, so the one way that Lifeline is distinct in that is that we want to hold your hand through this process. We want to come alongside you from the very beginning, even from now, from this time of you praying and thinking and considering moving forward in adoption. We want to hold your hand and walk with you through what it looks like to choose a country, what it looks like to understand need, what it looks like to understand requirements, and um, and what it looks like to walk through then all the different steps along the process of an intercountry adoption, and not just those steps, but also in your post-adoption. Um, and so I think one of the major distinctives is that we do um, see ourselves and play out a hand what a hand-holding ministry looks like to walk with you through that and so that's a definitely a unique thing another unique thing I'd love for Carla or Janet to jump in about is is our post-adoption support mm -hmm. because I think that is a unique thing and we see with these uh, with the the adoptions that we see today that it is extremely important for us as a ministry not to stop our ministry when a child comes home but to continue our ministry for many years past mm -hmm. I love that that's been one of our strongest areas of growth over the past three, four years. Um, and just our commitment grows every single year um, to the post-adoption process because it's not if we are going to face challenges post-adoption, but it's, it's what issues are we going to face post-adoption because every family is going to experience some challenges post-adoption on a spectrum. And we are committed to developing relationships. So you have people that you are close to and that you're able to call upon in those moments of need. We are developing tools every single day um, where resources will be at your hands at the push of a button. If you are up in the night and need some 
some help with sleeping issues or eating challenges, whatever that looks like. Um, and these are just ever evolving. We are working on this every single day because we recognize the journey truly beginning once you meet your child and bring that child into your home. One unique aspect about that is um, mentor families that we mm -hmm. have in place um, that can come alongside you that have been through that behavior, been there, done that, and can pray with you, encourage you, give them some, give you some practical tools that they may have used that that has helped their child. And along with that, our our education and counseling team on staff here at Lifeline um, that we can engage in as your your caseworker is coaching you and counseling you and just being with you, um, going to bat for you and finding resources that are gonna be the best yeah. resources for you in, in those post-adoption struggles. So <clears throat> obviously, Josh, we know that there are obstacles and that can sometimes come uh, in families' journey towards inter-country adoption. Talk about a couple of those obstacles and how we wanna help families overcome those obstacles. So, Herbie, every month I do a, a webinar where we are talking to families that are very just on the front end of the process. And one of the things we do is survey families, and we've done hundreds of these surveys at this point and see that there are two major obstacles that families come to us and say, these are my two challenges of moving forward with adoption. And the first one is really more fear of the, of the process and the unknown. And so I think that's really important because um, that is really at the heart of our service that we provide to families and that we come alongside families is we want you to know that we are your partner in this and that we're leading you through this, that you don't have to know all the answers up front, that we want to guide you, direct you, and give you as much information as possible. We want you to feel comfortable and confident. I think more confident is more, to me, the more important word there is like feel confident in us walking alongside you during that process. And that confidence in a partner like Lifeline will help to mitigate the fears that families have about moving forward. And, and our partnership is because we have experts in the countries that you'll be working with. We have expert social workers and we have people uh, that, that do our education. So that's one major, major thing is the fear of moving forward in the process or the fear of the unknown. And the second challenge that I hear every day is, is how to finance an adoption or how to fund an adoption. That the financial part of adoption seems like a mountain that is too high to get over. And, and we really encourage families to, to, um, to know that there are financial resources that are out there for families, that there are opportunities, but there are also a, a system and a way that you can go about this. Um, we, I encourage people to, to fundraise I encourage people to sacrifice. What does that look like in your family? And we can walk with you through what that looks like in your family. What does it look like to apply for grants? Um, and what does it look like to apply for loans? And this idea of funding your adoption is not, there's not a silver bullet, there's not mm -hmm. one way. And that is the most important thing I think that I would like to share with families is that you look at all of these ways to help fund your adoption and it will be a little piece of all of those that will help you and your family fund your adoption and so we don't want people to be fearful about the finances we actually want people to talk to us about it because we've had great experience in seeing and we have just an, a huge percentage of our families that get some kind of support grants or resources but all of our families fundraise all of our families are looking for ways to do this so you won't be alone in the idea of how how do i fund an adoption so those are the two main obstacles that we see that families face okay so now 
even as we kind of wrap this up, let's talk about the process. So what's the next step? How could somebody get engaged in the process? So what do they need to do? And then love for just to highlight two countries as we close as well, Hungary and China and, and those adoption process, processes specifically and, and what the, the need looks like in each of those countries. So I think the, the, the simple thing to look at is we would love for you to contact us and fill out the pre-application online. We have an opportunity that we would love to speak with you individually about your family and your situation, where you are uh, in, in life, your marriage, your job, your children that are already in your home, all of those things so that we can help guide you into the next steps. And so we want to be available to you. You can fill out that pre-application on our website. Go to lifelinechild.org slash apply or just go to lifelinechild.org and you can search um, application and you can see our pre-application. It's free, takes less than five minutes, but what it does is it gives us some good information on you and it gives you information where we are then contacting you to talk to you about these things. Also, we have a webinar every third Thursday of the month at 6 p.m. Central where you can join and learn more in general about the adoption process. I think those are the two simple ways to, to do that is to reach out to us through our pre-application or join our third Thursday webinar. And, and that's where we really can start the process of, of moving forward with you, helping to answer your questions and helping to even just share general information about what it looks like to move forward in the process of adoption. So Jana and Carla, we all just take a couple minutes as we get finished uh, to look at these these two important countries for us. Carla about China and Jana with Hungary. Just speak to a minute about some of the overview of where we are and some of the need that we're currently seeing in those countries. So China-wise, China remains Lifeline's largest um, inter-country adoption program and just overall just the reputation of China being a very reputable country, a very predictable country process-wise, and just steadfast. We, we don't see the openings and closings or big swings um, in process there. China is following kind of the, the general trend of international adoption in that children are now a little bit older um, that are eligible for adoption and moving into we're not seeing as many very minor needs we're moving more into a minor moderate category of need but absolutely the need exists there there are over a million orphans in china um, as josh said you know languishing in in orphanages or just just in need of of families um to put it simply um the process remains um a process that's going to take approximately 18 to 24 months. Um, if you are only open to very young girls with very minor needs, that process is going um, to probably stretch out a little bit. But just, you know, want to encourage families. We are seeing the Chinese government being very committed to this program. We are seeing um, communication going well as far as um, seeking information about specific children. And we have an amazing in-country team that is um, has worked in inter-country adoption longer than than our agency has, um, just on a personal level. They have amazing relationships with the central authority um, and other entities there. So China is definitely a program that we continue to endorse and feel feel really good about overall. Thanks, Carla. So you know, to talk a little bit about Hungary, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily think that Hungary is a place that, that you can adopt from, and it is a smaller country, um, 
but there are many, many children available for adoption in Hungary, and, and a, the majority of those children are the Roma pop population in Hungary, which is the highly discriminated people group um, in the Eastern Europe part of the world, in parts of Romania and Bulgaria and Hungary. And we see uh, these kiddos who are heavily discriminated against in their home country um, being made available for adoption to, to families. And the youngest kiddos that we're seeing are usually around three, three and a half, four years of, uh, of age. Um, and um, honestly, we need families. We have, uh, in 2018, we had a total of just 12 children come home. Uh, but now we're, we're starting off 2019 very positively with, um, we'll have 10 children home by June. And so our program is growing. Um, we need families to be open to children with, uh, with needs, with younger children, sibling groups, um, and we're, we're thankful for our team on the ground. We just made some really positive changes, which has uh, enhanced that relationship even more. And um, just really excited about this, this program, which gives you some concentrated family time in country. Um, and so we'd, we'd love to talk with you more about adoption from Hungary. We consider it a little bit of a hidden gem uh, in the Eurasia part of the world and, um, you know, feel it, it, it can be a really good option as far as, you know, starting from application to when you travel um, is about 12 to, to 18 months. And so it's a pretty quick process right now. Um, and so we're thankful for that and thankful to be able to walk families through that journey. So, Josh, just as we close again, how can people uh, learn more about the webinar? Is there a web address they can go to? And what's the next process if somebody wants to apply for intercountry adoption? It's that pre-application, and how can they go and get to that? Yeah. So if you'll just go to lifelinechild.org slash apply, lifelinechild.org slash apply, or you can go to lifelinechild.org and click adoption, and all the information is right there. Um, we would love for you to sign up for that pre-app um, so that we can get a hold of you. The webinar, the third Thursday webinar, you can go to lifelinechild.org and click events or click adoption. And there's a button there that says info meeting and webinars. And we'd love for you to sign up for one of those. You can also see it on our Facebook page, which is posted every month on our Facebook page. And, and we have a lot of families that get there through that. Um, we'd love for you to consider these, these two countries we've talked about today, as well as our other um, 15 countries uh, on top of those that we're working in. We are so grateful that you could learn more about intercountry adoption and hope that you will visit lifelinechild.org, apply, as well as just go to our website and learn more information. And as Carla and Jana have said, Hungary and China are two excellent options. And we also have a guide that if you want to know more about kind of the five countries that, that we trend to see uh, that most families are, are, are going to and have the most need of children that need families. Uh, but we certainly want to highlight China and Hungary. And I think especially... Uh, just like Jana has said, Hungary is not a country that a lot of people think about, but there is a very big need in Hungary uh, and, and, and kids that need families. And then as well, even with some of the slowdown that people want to talk about China, there are still so many children in China that need homes. And praise be to the Lord that there are domestic adoptions happening, but those domestic adoptions are still not addressing the, the overwhelming need of the kids that are in orphanages in China. And so maybe the Lord would prick you to one of those two options today, whatever it is. And no matter what country it is, just know that we stand ready, willing to help you and your family to to minister to your family and to ultimately 
show you how you can honor the Lord and see the gospel brought to bear uh, through intercountry adoption. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.